Welcome back to the Across the Board podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, and we're joined today for the second time by new ATB writer slash podcaster slash we don't have real titles here. <laughs> uh, Jake, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for, you know, uh, accepting this opportunity. Jake's going to be helping with, you know, NBA draft scouting and college scouting, that sort of thing. And I'm really excited for him to join because it's not very often I said this on the last podcast. Now I sound like a broken record. You find someone today that just says like what they just say the same things, not trying to get hot takes. And we really appreciate that here. I'm looking forward to it, man. Excited for yeah, the opportunity. I, we're excited to have you and we're going to jump right into it today with a full NBA mock draft. We are using, uh, I don't even know what it's called. The NBA draft draft simulator on real GM, uh, com. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's not the best, but it works and we're glad it's here. Oh, sorry about that noise. And, uh, Jake's going to have the first pick, and I'll have the second pick, and we'll go back and forth. Uh, yeah, you ready to get right into this? Yes, sir. We're going to get a couple calls for uh, GM positions after this. So just <laughs> Yeah, I'll have my phone ahead. ready. <laughs> All right, so on the clock of the 2020 NBA draft and probably sometime September, if the NBA season continues after this whole thing, <laughs> Who are the – oh, I guess I should start with that. The um, the Timberwolves have the first pick in this draft, and then we'll reveal the next as we go. All right. So, I mean, kind of a – personally kind of a no-brainer, but I think with the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Melo Ball. Um, oh, son of a gun. <laughs> I think – I mean, I think the idea of pairing Ball with um, – I mean, given D'Angelo Russell a chance to go off ball, obviously, but pairing him with Malik Beasley, who really broke out when he went to Minnesota. And then the idea of having a passer like ball with Carl Anthony Towns is something that the Wolves fans can be so excited for. Because I don't think Towns has really had a point guard. of, Never had a point guard of that um, with the ability that ball has. Oh, my gosh. And the biggest thing, we talked about this on the last podcast, they got a young coach. You know, he's going to allow mm -hmm. LaMelo to be creative. He's a real – you can tell he's a, a player's coach. You know, he's not yeah. there to be – Yeah, the guys the, were excited when he um, got promoted yeah. from interim coach last year. Yeah, he's not out there to bust your balls. He's going to let you do you. You know, you, you play, you know, within his standards, and he's going to let you do what you want to do. And that's what's important for LaMelo Ball. And, oh, my gosh, LaMelo Ball and D'Angelo Russell creating it. <laughs> <laughs> in the front and then having cat you know oh my gosh i love that pick i mean i think lamella yeah. ball fits perfectly in every single one of the top draft choices because i don't think the warriors are going to pick with that top pick i think they're going to trade it just i agree salary cap implications and trying to build a roster um so I think they fit on any team. And honestly, if the Warriors pick LaMelo Ball, I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd be like, okay, you're preparing for the future because Steph Curry's ankles and knees aren't going to hold up forever. But LaMelo Ball goes to the Timberwolves. Yes, I love that pick. I love that pick. And now the second pick, I've got the Detroit Pistons. This one's tough because the Pistons are the most depleted roster in the NBA, in my opinion. I was mm -hmm. looking at it. They don't have any direction. Um 
you know, if you think Bruce Brown Jr.'s uh, gonna be anything, I apologize to you. He's a he's a fine player, but he's not the face of a franchise. Christian Wood has had some fantastic games. Again, not the face of a franchise. And then their most their most important player in my mind is um, Dumbuya. They picked him last year. You know, you pick him to kind of be like what Siakam is. Siakam was. Now Siakam's evolved to be able to handle the ball and, um, you know, create for himself. But just this long, lanky, athletic mm-hmm. forward that can, you know, sometimes play the small five. So I think having Dumbuya in mind, you got to pick someone that can help him. So I'm going a little bit off what I ever thought I would do. And this isn't just because Jake's on the pod, but I'm going to go with Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, okay. So this is hard. I do not think Halliburton's the second best player in this draft. I don't. I And I know Jake really likes him. <laughs> but if I'm looking at this team and saying, I got Bruce Brown, uh, I got Christian Wood, I have Sly, who's, you know, he can shoot. Kennard can shoot. So... I'm thinking, give me Halliburton, let him create off the pick and roll with Dembuya and Griffin, and let these shooters space out the floor. You know, give me Kennard and give me Sly on the court, out on the court, and Bruce Brown with Halliburton, because Halliburton in a spaced out pro offense is going to be so much more impressive than he was in college. You know, and especially for Iowa State, he is the main. He is the main attention seeker for every defense because he's the only player on that team. So I like Halliburton in this offense, trying to create for Dumbuya and just trying to get a centerpiece point guard because I don't think outside of LaMelo Ball there's a player that's just right away going to come in and be able to play with everyone else. Yeah, I I don't – obviously James Wiseman's a grown man. Anthony Edwards is grown – he plays like a grown man. Just something about those players – I like Tyrese Halbert in this situation. I like it. Of course I like it, but <laughs> yeah. Never so, I mean, um, you, you mean, you left me in a decision here now. Uh, the third pick's going to go to the Warriors. Um, and I've seen I've seen rumors about who they've wanted to get, maybe if they get the number one pick. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's rumor season. Not quite yet, but you never know. But I'm going to go with um, Anthony Edwards here with the Warriors Ooh. at three. Uh, part of me wanted to do Wiseman, but then, uh, then yeah. again, I feel like the Warriors are an offense, a team that really doesn't need much from the center. They kind of just need the, the garbage, like the, the rebounds, yeah. the toughness. And I think that they would love the idea of having a guy like Edwards that can kind of create for himself. I agree. A guy that can, um, even in a pinch, can maybe find some shooters. Um, I think that he could be better than. Andrew Wiggins. I know I'm pretty harsh on Andrew Wiggins normally, but um, <laughs> I think he's a guy that I don't think the Warriors can pass up on his talent, even if they have the number one pick. I feel like Anthony Edwards is their guy. I agree. I, Wiseman's the easy pick, but at the same time, that's not a pick that you have to kind of think when you're doing these about what the team's going to do. And putting a, putting a, you know $10 million into a center doesn't seem like something the Warriors are wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the way the NBA is trending, you know, if you're in the West, unless you're playing the Lakers, you don't need a center. You're going to be guarding Montrez Harold and or, and or PJ Tucker. So, uh, you know, to get past those top teams. So, 
I I think Draymond Green can be your center and pinch. That's what I was, yeah, I was just about to say. Is that Draymond Green ends up doing a lot of their banging yeah. down low anyways. So yeah, and t- tell Draymond Green to not step outside the three point line because nothing but garbage <laughs> happens when he's out there. One year where he shot pretty well oh, and that pretty much engraved it in his head. And I'm, you know, as a Cavs fan, I'm hated for this quite often, but I'm a Draymond Green fan. I, if he was on your team, I think you'd be a player. Oh, like, you'd be a te- you'd be a guy that likes him because he does yeah. all the dirty work. Um, but I like Anthony Edwards in that situation. You know, you can have Clay, Steph, and Anthony Edwards out there at the same time, and even Andrew Wiggins if they decide to keep him. I, I find it just hard to believe that they're going to want to keep Anthony. I mean, keep Andrew Wiggins. I, I thought that was a weird trade. I thought that was a super weird trade because, okay, so say they keep D'Angelo Russell. Um, I'm, it's really small ball at this point, but you know. Steph, D'Lo, Clay, and Anthony Edwards, and Draymond Green out on the floor at the same time. Yeah, I think I mean that's a pretty deadly lineup. But yeah, yeah, I like Anthony Edwards uh, at the for the Warriors a lot. And something for the the Warriors that I I rattled around the idea when they traded for Wiggins is like, what if they get the number one pick and then they can find a way to package Wiggins, the number one pick, future picks, and then try and get Bradley Beal. That's something oh, I've always God. thought about. <laughs> it's not fair, but I just think Dynasty. I can see the. You get that number one pick. I can see the Wizards biting on it. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting the number one pick and Andrew Wiggins, who's who, you know, who knows? You know, there's yeah. something there that needs to be unlocked. There's someone there. He's worthy the, of a of a first round pick. I mean, yeah. so if you're picking Andrew Wiggins twentieth in the draft, and he turns into player he is now, you're happy. It's just. Yeah. The Cavs bit on him at number one because they knew the Timberwolves wanted him. Mm-hmm. It's what you do. I think that was a good business move. Um, some people think the Cavs took him because they wanted Andrew Wiggins, which, you know, they, they knew LeBron was in their ear. He's like, this this guy doesn't fit my play style. So it's – but there is a place for Andrew Wiggins in this NBA somewhere. I mean, he's young. I think he's 23, 24. Yeah, I want to say he's right around my age, like 24. Yeah, he's got he's got potential. He's got athleticism. It's just maybe not as a high of usage player as he has been. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like Anthony Edwards to the Warriors at four. Your Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> got a lot of options here. I mm-hmm. am a bigger fan of Darius Garland than most. Uh, I think it's super weird how I don't know if it's just a Cleveland thing. Uh, after one year, a player is either good or a bust. You know, yeah. he's, ni- he's 19. He's he's a small guy. Small players take a while to get developed into the league. Especially um, guards. Yeah, and he played five college games at Vanderbilt. Oh. Uh, SEC's not known for their basketball. So I I still think you've got something there. But Cole Anthony, real Ooh. I know I that just really interests me. I know there are a lot of people not a fan of Cole Anthony, but when I watch him, you know, I see the kind of player Kyrie Irving is. Smooth at the rim, can finish with either hand, manipulates the ball, not good on defense, um, a plus rebounder for their position. But that I just don't think that's realistic. So I'm going back to the player that I first thought was a great fit for the Cavs until I started falling more in love with LaMelo Ball, and that's going to be Denny... Avija from Israel. I love this guy's game. I There's going to be people that when he comes out, they're going to say stuff like, oh, he has Luca-esque this or Luca-esque that just because he's a foreign 
white player. That's that's mm-hmm. what they're gonna do. I don't think he plays at all like Luca. Um, so if you haven't watched Denny, <clears throat> well, actually, we'll start with this. If you've watched Luka Doncic play, he looks like he's in molasses. Does nothing fast. He's on his own time, which is great. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Mavericks just don't like fast players. You start with Dirk. Now you're gonna have Luca in this. <laughs> franchise, face of the franchise. But Denny plays the exact opposite. He is balls to the wall, twenty four seven. He's uh, he's a little smaller than Luca, uh, weight wise, and he was a he had to have the ball in his hands most of his you know most of his pro career, like sixteen to eighteen. <laughs> he's already played, I think, three years of pro basketball now. Pro, yeah, so three seasons. Like um. But this last season, playing for uh, Maccab, Tel Aviv, I think, you know, they're a better team. He played off ball. He did not score as much. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he his usage rate wasn't high. He found ways to score. He's good around the rim. He's very, very. This is this is how I knew he was. Go- I think he's worthy of the top five pick. Is he's not an elite defender. He's not an elite shot blocker. He's not an elite passer but he just has that natural feel for the game like he can make passes that other people can't make he's very good at um you know contesting shots around the rim and getting in the passing lanes and that's just because of his natural feel for the game you can he doesn't have anything that makes him elite in those areas just the natural feel of the game makes it so smooth and easy for him and i there's a lot of things i like about denny there's very few i dislike to be honest yeah, I think he's a pretty rock solid prospect in the way that obviously not many people know about him, but I think if he was a player like of his build and his like stature in the college, I think a lot of people would agree with you in the way that he's a player. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really have a lot of glaring weaknesses aside from just he hasn't played. We haven't seen much from him, and I feel yeah. like he hasn't really had that had that role yet that um is going to be asked of as a top ten pick in the NBA. But I yeah. think he's a I think he's a great player, and I think that that's a great pick for the Cavs because I. I think they've kind of been – they have some solid wings, you know, like Osman. But I think that they it's time that they finally get to get that rock-solid top five pick wing, yep. the, kind of the cornerstone. Yep, and that's the other thing is there's not a rock-solid wing. At, there, oh, there are rock-solid wings. There are no elite scoring option wings in this draft outside of, you know, Anthony Edwards and Denny, in my opinion. There are people that might be able to transform into that, but just right now, what can they do? I feel like it's really limited there. And the other thing is the Cavs just lack toughness and, like, experience. They're a young team. Denny's played three years of professional basketball. He's going to come into the NBA. We've seen it. You can – you can translate right from European League to the NBA nowadays. It's not what it used to be back in the 1990s. So I like that pick. Obviously, I wanted the mellow ball there. That's not going to happen. But uh, (laughs) now with the fifth pick, Jake's got the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, sir. I think for the Hawks at this point, the way everything's shaked out, I think you're pretty ecstatic with this next one because I think um, for me it's a no-brainer that it's got to be James Wiseman. For the okay. Hawks, I mean they've they got Trey Young, they've got they've solidified their two wings. Um, Hunter, who showed some moments, you know, can be the defensive um, the defensive anchor on the wing. Reddish was red hot before the season ended. He was he started off abysmal, but he was red hot towards the end of the season. I think you have to be so excited to see that. And John Collins, um, good scorer, not a great defender, but obviously a super athlete. And I think um, 
you add in James Wiseman there, another seven footer that can run the floor, has a chance, has an option to pick and pop and shoot it, and is just uber talented. I think if you add that in, that Hawks fans are finally starting to see what the teams put in place a few years ago from all these terrible seasons. I think it's finally starting to come together for them if you get a guy like Wiseman. I agree, and I think people right off the bat are yelling at you. They have Clint Capella. Here's the thing. Yeah. Clint Capella is on the books for eight for twenty million, maybe more than twenty million. I can, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I could probably find it. Clint Capella is on the books for millions of dollars. All right. Clint Capella can't shoot the ball. Clint Capella can't score outside of the paint. James Wiseman is better right now than Clint Capella is. Clint mm-hmm. Capella excels better at the pick and roll and rebounding he's better at that thing but all around james wiseman right now is a better player he's more athletic he's more versatile take james wiseman and there are plenty plenty of teams out there playoff hunting teams that would take clint capella in my opinion i think off the top of my head a team that could fit clint capella somehow would be the celtics i think they lack a dominating I, center presence who I think I they think, were in on him at the trade deadline yeah so see right there i, I honestly didn't know that um mm-hmm. i think clint capella you know to guard joel Embiid, to guard i you can put clint capella on Giannis in a roundabout way um it would be hard to do but you would basically be forcing the way you would have clint capella guard Giannis is you'd be forcing him to shoot pull up jumpers and three pointers which yeah. i'm okay with you know Giannis so scores say, 20 points. If you're going to beat him anyway, that's going to be how. That's exactly. how you're going to want him to beat you. Exactly. So I think there are there is somebody out there, that we're 100% sure, so there is something out there you can get for Clint Capella at a decent price. You you paid a, you traded pennies for him. Um, I love that lineup of, you know, you can do Trey Young, Herder, Reddish, Hunter, whoever, John Collins. You There's a plethora of lineups you can do with james wiseman at the center position and you know if i'm an nba team i'm i'm james wiseman is one of the most athletic center prospects at that size we've ever seen he's gonna have high minutes usage like it's gonna be he's very rare yeah he's i i watched something the other day that was talking about james wiseman's weakness were were his hands for anyone that's watched james wiseman i don't know if i'm crazy or what i I thought his hands were some of the best in the draft. He anything that came near him, he was snatching. I mean, it, whether it would be on defense, rebounds, you know, lobs, post passes, I, I think he's exceptional. I think he's mm-hmm. definitely worthy of the number one overall pick. It's just oh, yeah. the way the NBA is going. You know, you gotta have your guards and wings first. But yeah, and James Wiseman my, to the Hawks is nuts. Oh yeah, I think my my, my philosophy I personally have always had on draft is you can't get caught up in. Like, because they have Capella, can't draft a center. I, I've never been one that's caught up in drafting for mm-hmm. position. I think when you start doing that, you're going to get yourself in a tough situation. I think you just basically scrap. I mean, the NBA is becoming so positionless anyways. Yep. Um, I think there's a point where you just have to look at the players as players, not as positional players, and you just have to go with the best player you see and the one that will fit you the best way, whether that be personality-wise, skill-wise, anything like that. Yeah, and that's – that is totally true. And the NFL, the NBA, because um, I've been following the NFL draft more than I have the NBA draft, um, mm-hmm. you know, evaluating it and stuff. And it's you have to draft best player available. I I think especially in the NFL with, you know, usually seven picks average, you need to do best player available slash needs, try to fit both. 
But like you said in the NBA, you've got two draft picks. Most of the time you have one if you're a good team. Yeah. Get the best player, fit him into your system. And this is something that we can we have we can talk on this for like another minute, then we should probably go to the next pick. But the the idea of having Wiseman and Capella on the floor at the same time, it's not it's not outrageous. That Especially yeah, if you the Hawks are nowhere near the team that's gonna be able to beat the Bucks or the Sixers. But if you're playing the Bucks at home, tickets, you know, you sold out their arena. How are you going to beat the Bucks? You got to be long. You got to be aggressive on defense. I, there's no reason you can't have Wiseman and Capella on the floor at the same time. It's going to be difficult to adjust to that. But Wiseman's shown the ability to stretch the floor a little bit. Then you have all these shooters around. I don't. I think there are so many things you can do in the NBA that you just have to be different. You can't just keep no. you. you you're not going to beat teams like the Bucks if you just keep doing everything else everyone else is doing. You got to make, you got to change somewhere. I definitely agree, one hundred percent. The M- NBA, it's a, to close on it. NBA is a, um, you can cover up positional needs a lot more than you can in a sport like football. So I think mm-hmm. definitely agree with you and everything you said. All right, that was a great pick for the Atlanta Hawks. Now I at six. Oh. My computer just told me the Indians and the Twins play at 210. What a sad world. Not playing. <laughs> the rough reality we live in. Oh, all right. So I have the Knicks at six. The Knicks are tough because they had all this hope going into the NBA, you know, into this NBA season, well, the free agency period. I – you know this this pick is not going to this pick is not going to make a lot of people happy. Um, I it, the the Knicks are so tough. I don't like R.J. Barrett as a prospect. I thought he was the most overhyped prospect, and I know that's he might turn out to be something. But you know if if you can't shoot threes at a high clip, it's tough for me to take you as a three man or a two man, whatever. Um, so early, you gotta have some. You gotta just blow me away because shooting's so important in the NBA today. But all that aside, they already picked him. That's over. I'm gonna go Cole Anthony, point guard from North Carolina. That this is gonna rub people the wrong way. For some reason, Cole Anthony's you know he he's not loved. He it, just a lot of things. There's not the uh, Tar Heels were bad this year. The worst most have seen them in their lifetime. Um, he's not very good at defense. He's not the most athletic player on the floor. But here's what Cole Anthony brings for you. He can create for himself. Uh, he can score from three levels. A really high clip, in my opinion. I think he's very good at getting to the hole and finishing, uh, making it look easy for not getting up high. He just He's very smooth. He's very smart around the rim. Uh, he can... He's very good, I, I, in my opinion, at coming off a uh, screen, slowing mm-hmm. the game down, changing speeds, pulling up if he has to, getting to the rim. And then three-point shootings, good enough. So, you know, that's okay. What else can he do to be the six? His ability to command the defense to have all of their eyes on him. He's the kind of player that um, I keep coming back to Kyrie Irving because that's just for some reason who he reminds me of. He, if you if Kyrie Irving has the ball and you're defending him in the NBA, every single player is watching him because it takes one second for that defender, you know, to just 
completely lose tr- track of Kyrie Irving. He gets by his guy. It's all over. I'm gonna done. I'm done defending myself. I'm taking Cole Anthony. <laughs> I like it there. I think Do they it. need. On top of that, I think they need a point guard. Um, they I they need a point guard that can help R.J. Barrett get shots. Help Julius Randle get open. You don't have much to work with. So I'm taking Cole Anthony. I, he's got the NBA family pedigree. I really like that. I would have went with Killian Hayes. I really would have. But I, I I'm afraid. I I know Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony can create for himself on a bad team because I think the North. I think the Tar Heels were a very bad team. I don't think it was a fluke. I, I just don't think they were good this year. Much like the Knicks. Killian Hayes, you know, he's got a more slender frame. I don't he's not as strong as Cole Anthony. That's the only thing that worries me. I think Killian Hayes has a real chance to be the better basketball player, but he's just more raw. Doesn't really have a right hand yet. We'll get to Killian Hayes later, my bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking Cole Anthony at six for the New York Knicks. Alright, I like it. I like it. I think yeah, I think Cole Anthony's great there. I think that the the Knicks are in need of just a surge. I think they're in need of Honestly, a player like Cole Anthony, we talked about a little bit in the last one, just a player that players gravitate towards. I think fans would gravitate towards him once they start to hear him and hear the kind of per- kind of kid he is, I guess I can say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic pick, man. They yeah, need think... a point guard for how long? So. Yeah, I, I th- definitely think it's going to ruffle some feathers. Uh, people will say, oh, they don't need that. But, you know, that's I, – I really I, – I think he – I think he's a lot better than some people might think. But. Oh, yeah. All right. At seven, Chicago Bulls select. All right. So the seventh pick, I'm trying to find it on here because I couldn't find his name. <laughs> but um, I'm going to have the Bulls selecting Isaac Okoro. Oh, he's under um, guards for some is reason. Is he under guards? Yeah, okay. they have him as shooting guard. I was telling so. Jake before we started this, they have the players in all sorts of funky positions. Yeah, it's kind of, I was, that's what I was doing most of it while I was trying to talk to you. I was trying to find the right names. There we go. Well, I'm on all the right. Bulls depth chart right now, and Chris Dunn's their starting small forward, just for those of you that know. <laughs> hey, let's change that. All right, yeah, I, got the Bulls, <laughs> I got the Bulls selecting Isaac Okoro. Um, it. I think they're a team that is in desperate need of a wing. I mean, they have wings on the roster. It's not like they're depleted there. But I think they're a team that desperately needs a wing that's going to start. I think Okoro can start from day one defensively and athletically and physically. I think there's a lot of offensive stuff he needs to work on. Um, I was talking with Chandler a little bit about this. I think he compares shockingly similar college-wise to um, Jalen Brown. Mm. Not saying he can develop into that kind of player, how Jalen Brown has become such a smooth offensive operator. But I think Okoro from day one is going to be the best wing defender the Bulls have. And I think he's going to – he has a ridiculously high motor. Um, he's a kid that's going to bring it every single night. And I don't know if you've seen any of his dunks or anything, but he has stupid athleticism. Yeah. Um, he's a player that I don't think is going to shy away from anything, and I think he's a player that's going to earn a lot of respect. And yeah. I think he can – I think the offense, offensively he shot over 60% inside the three-point line which obviously that's not going to be a problem translating to the NBA. But I think as long as if he can get that consistent three-point stroke down just enough for them to respect it, I think he can become a phenomenal player. Yeah, when I was watching Halliburton trying to do his evaluation on trying to do the evaluation on him, they had Okoro guarding him. Uh, when I say this man, they look like – I don't know how to describe it. It looked like the Monstars versus the Looney Tunes. Didn't look like Halliburton was older. Oh, my gosh. Like <laughs> – uh, Okoro's legs look like oak 
oak trees and Halliburton looks like you know that that one-year-old tree you keep planting in the yard but you keep <laughs> mowing over it and you have to put up like those sticks in the hold it up because you mowed over it too many times and that's nothing against Halliburton but it just speaks to Okoro's athleticism and he's I think he's 18 right now gonna be he 19. will he'll be 19 he'll be 20 uh January of next year so he'll be 19 when he's drafted okay okay so he's 19 yeah. right now 6'6 225 pounds he's instantly gonna be one of the best defenders in the NBA um just one his uh his instincts are ridiculous his um, his tenacity, just the way he gets after it is insane. And then his athleticism, you know, it's, it's hard for oftentimes people have the, uh, they'll have the, the IQ and they'll have the athleticism, but they don't really want to mm-hmm. give the effort. He has all three. I mean, he's going to be yeah. fantastic. Um, even if I think a floor, like the a floor comparison of what he could be in a career, could, could honestly be like a Tony Allen, you know, he, for sure. Tony Allen was on the Celtics. And if you watched the NBA, you know who Tony Allen was. He might have been the worst shooter in the entire league, <laughs> but, and, and Okoro's shot looks like it can be, you know, corrected. He's shown signs that it can be okay. And like you said, inside the three point line, shooting that high of a clip, he's going to be just fine. The game's going to be more spread out in the NBA. Um, especially, you know, you go to the Hornets. Good Lord, I'm already on the next pick. Sneak peek, Hornets are next. <laughs> you go to the Bulls, you have players around you. It's just For sure. they're, they're trying to fit it in. The coaching chemistry is not there. I like Okoro oh, there. They need to coach so bad. Yeah. I, I think with Okoro, um, yeah, they do need a coach, especially when your best player who I, – I think Zach Levine's just – just criminally overrated, but he's still a good player. He had a good year. Um, I've never been a Levine guy. I'm still not a Levine guy. I thought he had a really good year this year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I think they need a lot of changes there. I think he's someone you can hold on to after watching last year. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like I did another thing with Okora. I just checked to see, but he averaged close to five free throws a game. I think for a guy that only averaged 12 points a game, that just shows, speaks to his physicality and just trying to get into the paint. I think he's a guy that's going to do that on a nightly basis in the NBA. And that's frankly going to annoy a lot of defenders when you have a guy 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, wingspan, almost 230 probably coming down the lane. It's almost going to be like a Giannis effect where you're just going to get tired of it. It's going to wear on you all night. Yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I think um, I think it's a perfect fit. We, you said yesterday he's a rock-solid player. And I, I highly doubt Okoro ever turns into you'll never he'll never be the guy that gets the ball at the end of the game. But he'll yeah. be in your closing lineup, which I think is just as important. People think you need to go out and get the next this, the guy that can score you 25 points a game. Well, let's look at it like this. How many games has Devin Booker won as a career? And I know that's not fair because their team sucks. Yeah. But, but you can have scorers and not get anywhere. You look at the – let's go. Okay, go to the Lakers. Go to the um, Clippers. They have players that are just good at three-point shooting and defense, and that's the only reason they have any business being on that team. These yeah. kind of players are just important. Closing lineups are almost more important than a starting lineup, and he's going to be in your closing lineup. Yeah. What I would say for Okoro is just you know work on the – because he's going to get open shots. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be you know face-guarded from half-court. He's not going to be – that's going to be face-guarded, period. But just – hit your open shots and just continue to bring it every night. I think like he's going to be the guy you're going to put on the other team's star defender. If they have the ball 10 seconds left in the game, he's going to be the guy you want on him. 
And I think that's that's extremely valuable and it's extremely underrated, like with mm-hmm. the average fan. Yep, I completely agree. It's he does the not so sexy stuff that scouts and coaches salivate over because no one else wants to do it. Yeah. All right. For the eighth pick, I have the Charlotte Hornets, who I think have a I think I have a start to a pretty solid team. I like the Martin Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like PJ Washington. I love PJ Washington. I really like you know Her, the Her- Hernan Gomez. Uh, I I think they're okay players. Uh, the Biombo, you know, you're not going to find a more athletic center in the NBA. Well, you're about to with James Wiseman. He's a bouncy guy. <laughs> yeah. Zeller, I have, honestly, I can't tell you why Cody Zeller starts or is still even in the NBA. I know that's really rude, but I mean, <laughs> it's just over. No offense, Cody. But... And then Scary Terry, Devontae Graham, uh, Mikhail Bridges. They've, they've got some pieces. You know, the first mm-hmm. thing I, 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 you know, looking at their starting lineup, I'm like, Oh my God! Let's get them. Let's get them a wing. Let's get them a you know a, maybe a a power forward they can play. But I th- their depth there is way deeper. You know I think the Martin Twins have the ability to maybe keep playing this amount of minutes. I think they were playing somewhere between I ten agree. and twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're they're, t- they're tough players. But at this point, I've got to just pick the best player available on the board, and that's Killian Hayes. Um, Ooh, okay. He needs to be picked dropping this far is almost criminal but that's just the way the teams dropped the simulation was weird um so really with killian hayes that gives you the ability to maybe trade terry rogier but if you don't play Devonte graham terry rogier and killian hayes at the same time uh and if not play killian hayes as a backup but he'll eventually become starters because he's better than both of those players. But you, you look, you're playing the Hawks. That's a guard-dominant team. You look at the the Magic, that's going to be a tough matchup because they're long. They're very long. And then the Wizards are ass. The Heat, they're a good team. So if you're just looking at your division, you know, the 20, 25 games there, it's, it's going to be, you know, iffy. But like Jake just said, like, you know, I touched on a little, it's just – Killian Hayes is by far the best player available, at, yeah. in my opinion. I was just thinking about that before right you made now. that pick. That he hadn't gone yet. I yeah, I really thought about um, Onyeka. Good God. That's where I thought you were going. Yeah, I, I wanted to do that, but I honestly think, I, I honestly think, Biombo, and you know, if they want to keep playing, uh, PJ Washington mm-hmm. as the, um power forward i really like that there i like miles bridges enough you know this is this is a bad team that's the important thing i love bridges i think pj has the ability to because his size he's very similar to okoro where he came into the league built like a brick house Mm -hmm. and um he has i think if i remember correctly he's like six nine but his wingspan is like seven foot so that kind of gives him the ability to play those small ball five lineups yeah yeah i i agree and i i think I, I really think this pick, I, I don't think the fit is great, to be honest. I don't at all. But I'm just trying to get the best player available. Mm-hmm. Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier are not point guards on a NBA championship team. Killian Hayes might be. We don't know. He's young. He's got a lot of potential, so that's who I'm taking. Yeah. I like it. I think, yeah, I think you have two guards and Graham and Rozier that they're not pass-first guards. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how you'd play it. I mean, I would only get paid the big bucks to figure that out, what kind <laughs> of rotations you'd figure out in Charlotte. Um, but I think having a guy like him on the floor in Hayes, I think that maybe where guys like Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, um, even Graham and O'Shea maybe can struggle where they don't have a guy necessarily around them that can make everybody better. And I think mm-hmm. Hayes can do that. I think he's going to be great for players like Washington, the pick-and-pop guy that can run the rim, guys like Bridges that do have a good shot and just ridiculous athleticism that also has a high motor. So I think he'd be good for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So with the ninth pick, Jake's got the Washington Wizards. They're a a tough tough team team. to figure out, in my opinion. Um, I was thinking it through. I know it's a player that we're not really necessarily high on, but I'm going to go with Tyrese Maxey here for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, personally, I was going to do Hayes here, but you, you stole it from me, so I'm kind of mad about it. But um, <laughs> I think I think they do need a passer. Um, I think they need someone that can kind of help distribute. They don't necessarily have that. I think Shabazz Napier was playing point for a lot of their games, which is a oh, problem God. in the NBA. You know, fantastic journeyman. <laughs> but fit, not good if he's starting for your team. Um, I think I'm kind of thinking about this one, seeing Beal getting pushed out the door here soon. I think that's bound to happen. I think that relationship's going to end here soon. But Maxi, we've talked about it. We've touched on it. Um, ridiculously fast. He's an athletic guy. He's definitely not bashful. Um, he loves to shoot. He loves to get to the rack. Um, he has the ability. I think he has the ability to shoot. I think there's a lot to work on. But I think the Wizards, if you're the Wizards here, you kind of, the way everything's shaking out, you see a player that can, that can you know, put him behind Bradley Beal, kind of like uh, put him behind Bradley Beal for a year or two, kind of start to learn, figure out the, the the pace and space of the NBA. I think Maxie has the talent to become a really good player for them. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, I think he's kind of similar to John Wall coming out of college, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to, not going to kill you from outside really athletic guard uh and if john wall comes back you know they're playable beside each other because just Mm -hmm. like most of these teams in the lottery this is a this is a a pretty bad team but i i i I like the wizards i think if they would have just treated beal like he deserved to be treated i I think bradley beal is the opposite of zach levine i think he might be the most criminally underrated player in the nba Uh, i'm gonna get a lot of hate for this he's worlds above Devin Booker in my opinion because he can do it on both sides of the floor and that's a lot of people disagree with me on that but uh I just I just love Bradley Beal's game and then Rui Hachimura huge on him coming out of college I loved his game um I I have a player from his old teammate who I think is the same type of player that's going to really help someone in the you know 20s and beyond and then the the you know there's just there's a lot of holes. They have some starts, but yeah, I, I like that pick. I like Tyrese yeah, there's, Maxey. There's a like you could honestly make an argument for a lot of players on here for them. Um, they don't have a position set in stone. That's yeah, the they don't really. They don't. I mean, honestly, anywhere. I mean, because considering Beal probably isn't going to be there too long. Um, John Wall, God, who knows what's going on there? Um, <laughs> he's been. Uh, I thought about Jaden McDaniel's. Um, even guy, I thought about Melodon in the way of the point guard, but then I kind of just decided to go with a guy like Maxi because I think they're maybe going to want a guy like Hatch because they threw Hatchamura into the fire day one. I, I don't think that's going to just change next year. I think they're going to do the same with Maxi where they're going to ask him to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I absolutely agree. I like that pick. 
And then that takes us on to the player I just insulted. The 10th <laughs> overall pick is the Phoenix Suns. And honestly, my heart is torn right here. There's two players, I think, worthy of this contention. I've kind of touched on one with you before. If you had to guess the two players I'm considering here, because I think you're going to get it, who would you think they are? Toppin is no, one. I'm not. No? I don't like Toppin. I, I know. know you don't like him. I thought maybe you were. I figured they're maybe two you were point guards. The they're two point two guards. Two point guards. One I like way too much. Um, obvious. Are you thinking Trey Jones right here? One of them is Trey Jones. Wow, that would be a shocker. But my other one would be RJ Hampton. Close. That was he's third. So I have it written down right here. Players I liked on the Suns because uh, I, I have a couple players down for each team. Mm-hmm. The two players that are right now, I can't decide. And I'm going to talk it out, and then I'm going to decide it. Are Trey Jones, who he's would be I. <laughs> the reason I'm thinking Trey Jones, and then I'll explain the other player and the reasoning behind that, is because I think you you want to try to make a run real quick while Booker and Aiden are still not getting paid. Now, that's still that's a hard concept to get behind because you have mm-hmm. James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, list goes on, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, all in the West. So your odds of winning are almost zero. But Trey Jones gives you that instant veteran leadership. His body type is ready for the NBA. His play style is ready for the NBA. And biggest reason I'm between these two players is because you need to get someone that can feed Aiden and especially let Devin Booker play off the ball. Yeah, that's very key. So Trey Jones does that. I think he's the most I think he's the most conscientious elite passer in this class, meaning I don't think he's gonna make I he's not gonna make stupid decisions and he's gonna get the people that need to score the ball. The second player and the one that maybe is more realistic is Theo Maladon. Now, the last podcast we did, I hadn't watched much on him. Jake sent me an awesome video. I watched it. This dude's got eyes on the back of his damn head. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought LaMelo was in this world by himself on these passes that you just thought couldn't be made. And then come in Theo Maladon. Now, the problem with Theo is that, like I said on the last podcast, he's still kind of built like he's the, his age. Like, he is slender i he's just he's very small and he doesn't shoot the ball he doesn't score that's you know on the team he's going to be on that's probably okay you know he you're going to try to just upgrade from what ricky rubio is right now yes absolutely and like we talked yesterday i think the best decision for theo maladon and the team that takes him would be to send him to the g league to let him get confidence let him grow as a player and as Especially just his body. Let his body grow. He's small. He's he's very small and young. But you're you're not winning now. You got to take someone that's going to grow with these players. I'm taking Theo at ten. I really wanted to take Trey Jones. I've wanted Trey Jones <laughs> with Devin Booker since last year. I I had Trey Jones as a lottery pick last year. I don't know what the hell my problem is. I'm a psychopath. Hey, I know you're that. Stan. But. <laughs> Theo is perfect for this team. I just, it's, you got to get Devin Booker a true passing point guard. I've seen a lot of mocks with Nico Mannion to him, um, RJ Hampton. I just, RJ Hampton, I think, is going to be more of a downhill, kind of get his guy first. But at the same time, I think RJ Hampton, 
and his downhill ability mixed in with Devin Booker's shooting could be a really good combo. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm taking Theo Maladon for the Suns. <laughs> hey, I get it. I like it. Okay, so who's up next? Next up, the 11th pick, we have the San Antonio Spurs. And I think this is a when we finally start to get into the a team that definitely has playoff caliber and has been to the playoffs. So it's kind yep. of a tough situation. I think they're set. No, I wouldn't say set, but I think they're definitely they definitely have guards. Uh, they definitely yep. have a couple of. I'm not a huge DeRozan guy at all, but obviously DeRozan, he's a good player. He's been a good player for years. I think I know where um, you're going with this one. <laughs> where do you think I'm going? I think you're going Obi Toppin. Oh yeah, I, I mean it's between him and someone else. So Ooh. I'm gonna end Ooh. up doing it. I think. Do it. Go, go with your gut. He, you obviously want to do something that you don't agree with. Oh. Also, if you want to look up players, you can click on that little thing at the bottom. It takes uh-huh. a second to pop up, and then if you type in their full name, it should pop up. Okay. Let me see here. It's not see. easy. Yeah, Toppin definitely feels like one that I think the Spurs could go with. He, he very uh, I, I don't. I would like to see your opinion on this. I keep seeing Amari Stoudemire out of Obi Toppin as a comp. No, I don't, don't really see that. see that at all. Yeah, what I've always seen with Toppin has been um, John Collins. Yeah, I, I absolutely don't see Amari, Amari Stoudemire at all, and I think one person said it, so like the community kind of got behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't see that resemblance at all. Yeah, but what I'm going to go with, I found it finally, <laughs> the 11th pick, I'm going to go with Onyeka Okongwu for the Spurs. Ooh, I like that a lot. Uh, they have they have Pirtle. I don't, the Spurs just haven't had a center since Timmy D. They haven't had a center really since Tim Duncan. Um, yeah. Okay. I think I think they're gonna go with Okongwu. I think they have they have good. Uh, I'm a big Dejounte Murray guy. Uh, DeRozan mm-hmm. since he's gotten the Spurs has gotten a lot better at distributing. I think that they're good passers that could set him up because I think that's key for him. Yeah, I like Derek White as well, and and you know, um, good lord, I almost said Patrick Beverly. Patty Mills, you know, has his mm-hmm. spots. And then I'm a big Lonnie White fan. I think he's going to grow into his own. Oh, Walker, Lonnie Walker? Well, well God, what would I say? White. No, <laughs> Derek White. I'm reading crazy the I'm guy. reading the roster and I just kept reading Derek White because um, yeah, his, his Derek is spelled so much different than the Derek's I know uh, growing up <laughs> in the middle of the country. But it's it. I like Okongwa there. I think they're not this they're not similar players but you said they haven't had one since um timmy d and mm-hmm. they're kind of the same player in the sense that th- he might be the best back to the basket scorer in this draft which is really weird for someone that's so explosive but the more i keep watching the more i realize like he's very good with his back to the basket you know yeah. he's, he's not huge um for the center position but his ability to score with the back to the basket and then also you know he has the ability to develop an outside shot it looks like and i I, there's a lot to like about him you know he's played with um he played with the ball brothers in high school and now playing it you know he's he's played with good players really good players i just i i don't know that doesn't really have anything to do with it i just really like okongwa and i'm starting to like him even more and more and i love the idea of um I love the idea of him learning behind LaMarcus Aldridge and kind of, yep. you know, because that's a player that kind of turned has turned himself. He's got him. Uh, like when he first came out of the league, he was more of a back to the basket guy, which he's really kind of 
backed it up and he's kind of turned into kind of a stretch big in a way. And I think Okamoto could learn a lot from that. Yeah. Now I think of Aldridge and I think of, you know, um, facing up from mid range. I, the mm-hmm. reason I thought Obi Toppin is because for some reason I really like the idea of Obi Toppin learning behind Aldridge because I think out, obviously the athleticism is di- two different worlds, but the kind of player that I see Obi Toppin being is more like Lamar- Lamarcus Aldridge style. You know, he's not going to get these crazy dunks in the NBA. The, the, I, I don't even remember. I don't even know what the conference is. The A10 or whatever Dayton plays in. Uh, yeah, the A10. It, it's a little bit different than playing the Lakers and Clippers on back-to-back nights. So yeah. he's going to have to use his post-up ability, which you know, for he's a big guy. He's old. He's mature. He's 22 years old. Uh, he's going to be able to do that. And then why do I keep going on the different players? Sorry. Yes. I we'll talk about Obi Toppin in a second, but I I, I think uh, Obi Toppin coming into like a Lamarca Aldridge type role would be would be really good for him. But mm-hmm. anyway, Okongwa, two was he under forwards or was he under centers? Because I'm trying to find. I had to search him. Oh gosh. All yeah. right. Well, we'll just go on while I search him because that's going to take forever. Um, <laughs> the Sacramento Kings at twelve. This one's tough because they have. So- they have players, um, you know. They have Darren Fox, Buddy Held, Buddy Healed. I. It's they're another one of those teams that they are. Good God, you done? <laughs> Sorry, I was getting interrupted by a cat and a human being. <laughs> Get out of here, buddy! Slapping my arm, wanting me to hold him up, but. The biggest thing with the Kings is that I think they really lack, um, you know, big. They lack big men, and you want to draft best player available, obviously. Uh, but I also want to mix in a little bit of positional value, um, or want to add in a little bit of you know what don't they have? It's not letting me search a Congo, so that's that's done. Whatever, whole thing's frozen. Um, <laughs> so at 12 for the Kings. I'm going to go a little bit off of what most people would probably do. I'm going to go with Precious Achua. Okay, before Toppin, okay. Yeah. I Yeah, I just I think Precious Achua's game would go so much smoother with Fox and Hill being able to work the pick and roll, being able to, you know, just gobble up any boards coming his way. Plus, it's pretty well known. I'm not a Toppin fan. I just don't <laughs> I just I just don't think he's gonna be good in the NBA. He's gonna be a good three point shooter. Obviously that's not gonna, you know, change. But um I'm going with Oh, I'm going with Precious Achua for the Kings. Okay. I really like his matchup. With De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Held, your Buddy Hield, your two centerpieces of your franchise. Yeah, I just there's there's players you could take that you think have a higher ceiling, and there are players with much higher ceilings than Precious. But I'm just taking a person who I think is going to be a very solid player in the NBA, very Clint Capella like player. Okay, okay, I like it. Definitely brings. I mean, he's definitely a guy that's going to bring the physicality from day one. I think he's a player that you could put in there from day one. Maybe not offensively, but very it's, similar to Okoro, where body type and physicality and 
defensively he can bring it from day one yeah it's a very off the it's not going to be a very popular choice um i understand that but that's just this is i I don't know i feel like um you know especially mock drafts people get an idea and then like people are stuck to that idea like Mm -hmm. top and has to be you know before this pick when i just don't i just don't like the matchups but anyway yeah that's uh, precious achua very athletic, very bouncy center. Very. Going to be able to provide you physicality around the rim on defense and on offense. Uh, I, I like I like his – I think he's going to transfer well into the small ball center type role. I would agree, for sure. Let's see. All right. Do you, do you want to go ahead and move on? Yeah, yeah, sorry. All right, so you're good. So with the 13th pick, we're going to have the New Orleans Pelicans, and this is one that I just – I'm not quite sure where to go with it. I think there's a lot of good options, not really that one glaring option yet. I think when you're talking about the Pelicans, obviously the name of the game is any player you draft. How's he going to make Zion better, and how's Zion going to make him better? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Obviously, you can't draft Toppin because not. I wouldn't say they're similar, like how they're going to be as players, but they're very similar in like what role they play. Um, I obviously have Brandon Ingram doesn't necessarily show that he could play as good as he did before with Zion, but obviously I think he's a cornerstone that you're keeping. Obviously we both love Lonzo. We think Lonzo brings a lot. I'm not a big Josh Hart guy. I think he's nothing more than off the bench shooting here and there. Um, (laughs) JJ Reddick's about 47 years old. I think when you start to think about that kind of stuff, you have to think about getting shooting around. And I think with this pick, I'm going to, when it loads, I'm going (laughs) to go with... Give me um, Josh Green from Arizona. Oh. I think he's one that maybe would have been overshadowed because Mannion, I don't think necessarily Mannion meshed well with him. I think Green is a very young, raw, prototypical 3 and D wing. I don't think he's one that's going to demand the ball a lot. Um, I think he's one that's going to play his defense, and I think he's one that has definitely shown the ability to be a really good shooter. And obviously he's got fantastic size. And he's only 19 years old, so I think that I think personally, if the Pelicans keep this pick, which we don't know, I think a team like them is ready to win could obviously trade it. But I think I'm going to go with Josh Green here. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, hmm. um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be predicting Nico Manny and his teammate before him. But like we both talked mm-hmm. about on the last podcast, I think that would be. I think that would be a. I think I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think NBA no. uh, scouts are gonna be in love with Nico Mannion. Um, yeah, so I like that pick. I like that no. pick a lot. And since we kind of spent a lot on the lottery picks, which is that's good. Uh, for these next ones, you know, especially my long-winded ass is going to try and not talk for so long about these next picks. So. Just a little couple sentences for each guy. We can do it. Yeah, we we can we can limit ourselves no matter how much we want to talk. <laughs> uh, so at fourteen, I have the Trailblazers. This is this is they're a fun team to pick for. They are, and I think they have the best uh, point guard shooting guard duo in the NBA. Um, I know where I'd go with this one, but I don't know if you I don't know if you'd pick them. I don't. You know, there's so many players. I 
gosh. Hey, it's got to be done. Hey, <laughs> it's got to be done. I want to go a different direction, uh, but I just can't. It's, At this Obi point, Toppin. it's just it's, – yeah, it's – yeah, Obi Toppin, it, he no. fits. He fits perfectly. If you're gonna keep Whiteside, if you're gonna keep Nurkic, I don't care who you keep at the center position. Toppin fits in there as a power forward. He's a rim uh, runner. He's a rim runner, a great rim runner, and an absolutely great three point shooter. Uh, and the biggest thing, he's absolutely ass at creating for himself. So put him on a team with two shooting guards <laughs> for two guards that move the ball move the ball within themselves. They're not very good mm-hmm. passers, but that's okay because they're two yeah. of the best scoring guards in the NBA. Um but they're going to draw a lot of attention. Let, you know, um Obi Toppin set a screen on I would say probably 60% of um Dayton's offensive possessions. So, give me Obi Toppin to the Blazers. I think that's a good fit. I like it. I do like it. That one's for you, Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs> All right, let's see. Next up at number 15. So we're officially out of the lottery now. So we're into the projected playoff teams as of right now. So it's going to be the Orlando Magic. God, there are, I think they're the most they, – they, sorry. They're just underutilizing those players. They have so much they're, talent and length. They're kind of stuck in the middle there. They're one of those teams that's kind of stuck in the middle where, like, you don't know what to make of them. Like, they mm-hmm. have years where they – you think, like, okay, next year they'll break out. And then, like, this past <laughs> year they regressed drastically. Yeah, they're a tough team. I just don't know what to make of them. Um, they're a pretty easy team to telegraph usually with the draft because their GM John Hammond, little known fact, drafted Giannis. The man Ooh. is addicted to wingspan. He drafted Mo Bamba. He drafted Giannis. Um, Jonathan Isaac. Shuma Okiki. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac. The man loves him some wingspans and he loves him some raw potential players. Oh, so I, I gotta think I go, know who you might be going. I gotta go with Jaden McDaniels here. Oh, okay. Not where I yeah. thought, but I like that I, one. Yeah, I think that they're a team that's in desperate I think Chuma can obviously be a player similar to him, but you can you can never have too many long wings that can shoot it. Um I think Chuma had a good red shirt year. I'm excited to see what he does this next year. But I think McDaniels is definitely a guy that's gonna need some G League time. He's gonna need some grooming. But oh stupid potential. Like Jaden has legit star potential if he can figure it out, in my opinion. Yeah, if he can figure it out, there. Yeah. Uh, he had a he had a subpar year to what you thought he would have, but mm-hmm. I think I probably would have went with Trey Jones here. But obviously, I would go with yeah. Trey Jones for all thirty picks if I could. But <laughs> you can get thirty if, Trey Joneses. If a team of uh, you know, Folt, Foltz figuring it out, Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Isaac, Vucevic, Bamba, uh. But they, they they don't even have him on the list. Who Okiki? Yeah, Okiki. He's not even on the list on this. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I, I, I remember, oh, there him. I remember him. Yeah. He's on the draft picks, but he's not on their players anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Like you said, superstar potential if he can figure it out. Well, yeah. star potential if he can. And the Magic it out. love they love their long arms. John hey. loves his long arms. And at the sixteenth pick, you get a back to back here because I'm giving you the Minnesota pick and then you're gonna swap me the Celtics pick and then we'll go back to normal. We'll do a little trade on our end. Yeah. Alright, so we got the we got the Wolves again. Um I obviously picked Lamelo for them. I think with them, like I said, we got Lamelo already, we got Gilo, Malik Beasley. I think Jared Culver could be a good player. Um I think Okogi can be a good defender, not necessarily a great offensive player. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns, superstar. I think that they're definitely missing a lot in the way of the 
the big three to four range, like the threes, the fours. Um, they're kind of undersized in that range. Mm-hmm. So let's see, is he going to be in guards? I'm trying to find it. He's <laughs> um, one of my favorite players in the – of course, I'm not going to be able to find him. He's one of my – let me try and search it. But he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, I think he's one. he's one that had a – he plays for one of the Blue Bloods. He doesn't necessarily get a lot of love. He had a decent year last year. Broke out onto the scene this year. Let me scroll. One of the Blue Bloods. Yes. He's a player that kind of – I watched him during the season. I noticed, like, okay, this guy's putting up some ridiculous splits. Um, he's a good-sized player. Um, the other he, Chandler, my cousin, if he's listening, knows exactly who I'm talking about because he's a guy that I, I gush over a lot. Cousin so Chandler. I, can, I like that. What a, yeah, my cousin Chandler. <laughs> what a small world. That's, oh, my gosh. There's, there's so many prospects on here. They do. They have a good job of you know, the process. The yeah. the suspense you're putting me under is so much. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I swear. I just can't find the name. <laughs> yeah, this it's very hard to find the name. So I'll, yeah. I'll I'll rerun everyone through the picks we have so far while you look for that. We've got. The, I'm just going to go in order. One Lamelo Ball to the T Wolves. Two Halliburton to the Pistons. Three Edwards to the Warriors. Four Denny of Deja to the Cavaliers. Five Wiseman to the Hawks. Six, Cole Anthony to the Knicks. Seven, Isaac Okoro to the Chicago Bulls. Eight, Killian Hayes to the Hornets. Nine, Maxi to the Wizards. Ten, Maladon to the Suns. Eleven, Okanga to the Spurs. Twelve, Precious Achua to the Kings. Thirteen, Josh Green to the Pelicans. And then fourteen, Obi Toppin was finally picked to the Blazers. Fifteen, Jaden McDaniels to the Magic. And now we're at sixteen, though. Timberwolves again. Okay, so he's actually not on here, which is very weird. <laughs> All the million names that are on this list, but I'm going to go with Sadiq Bey from Villanova. Sadiq Bey's not on here? No. <laughs> I, I went ahead and picked a Jamal Bey from Washington. Oh, okay. I just put a Bey in there because I had to put something in there. But Sadiq, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, How is he not on there? I know. He's a 6'8", 220-pound forward. He's going to be 21 when he's drafted, so not super young, but obviously still young. Like I said, 6'8". I th- um, Physicality-wise, he compares so well to me. To When I watch him play, I see a lot of Chris Middleton traits. Mm-hmm. I see a guy that's very under control, a guy that um, hustles, not necessarily is going to pop off, but he did pop off at Villanova. He had a lot. He had a lot of games where he dropped 20-plus. Um, shot... 45% from three on almost six attempts a game, almost 48% from the field, about 77 from the line. Um, fantastic splits, and he was the best player on a pretty good team. I, I'm a big fan of Bay. Um, defensively, could use some work, but I think um, a lot of that could be just fine-tuning some things. I think he physically can be an f- extremely good wing defender, and he's already an extremely good shooter. Yeah, I'm a fan of anyone that comes from a Jay Wright system. Yeah, we talked about on the last podcast. I was a, a super fan of Jalen Brunson. This part part of this is, you know, were they taught right? And he definitely was. Uh, I mm-hmm. love that pick. Can't believe they didn't have him on. You got Lamelo, D'Lo, Malik Beasley, um, Sadiq Bay, Jarrett Culver, Carl Anthony Towns. I think the Wolves are kind of stacked up with this draft. I'm giving them. They need to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I agree. That's that's a very good. Very good. Um, that's a very good two picks for the Wiz- for the Wolves. Now for the 17th pick, and then I'll be picking the 18th again, I have the Boston Celtics. And I can't remember if we were talking about this when we were recording or not, but we were talking about how much we hate 
that the Celtics are picking in the first <laughs> round because they just don't need it. Players go to waste. Yeah. So I'm going to do something that will help them in the future. I'm taking my favorite prospect, and I'm talking player that it's like, eh, might not be nothing. I mean, might be nothing. And that is, you want to take a guess before I say it? I mean, was it going to be Trey Jones? <laughs> no. Alexej no? Pokuzevsky. Okay. Yeah. He is a Serbian 18-year-old who won't be 19 until the end of this year, December 26th. Oh, my god. He's 7'1", 201 pounds. Um, <laughs> he's a ball handler. He, I, this is going to be like, what? No way. He plays like Kevin Durant. He's not Kevin Durant. He will never be Kevin Durant. That is important that you guys know that. When I say he plays like Kevin Durant, he is smooth. Kevin Durant, a lot of the times, um, you know, especially when he drives to the hole, he will never out, he's never going to outmuscle you. He's very smooth. He uses his length well to keep the ball above your hands, above his head, finishes mm -hmm. well at the rim. This guy, Pokazewski, can shoot, he can drive, and he is an elite passer. And I mean elite. Driving down, he'll go in coast to coast, make a behind the back pass from the lane to the corner for a shooter. He's great at finding shooters. He is a raw prospect. When you're picking him, you're hoping that you get a Nikola Jokic that's athletic. That's the type of player he plays like. Wow. You know, imagine Jokic, but he's not going to be able to outmuscle people like Jokic. I mean, this guy looks like he's a 14-year-old. He's 200 pounds at 7 foot tall. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculously small. Um he played against younger kids, obviously, but if you go to YouTube, you can find some footage of him playing in the FIBA Cup, 18 FIBA Cup, which it's good competition. That's the best you can get at that age group in that area. Yeah. Alexej Pokuzevsky, I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. Uh, Looks right. <laughs> absolutely fantastic prospect. He's not going to do anything to help you now. The hope is... You get someone that's going to help you in the future. He has the chance to be a a superstar in the league or a star. Probably not a superstar. I think that word gets thrown around a little bit too much, especially mm -hmm. by me on this show today. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I've done it a couple times already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we move on to 18, the Dallas Mavericks. They already have a playoff team around, obviously, Doncic and – um Porzingis this one's you know this one's hard they have in my opinion quite a bit of holes on that team for how you know they performed um but the, the how with how good they are you know I'm just trying to get the best player available and honestly I think RJ Hampton still being available at 18 they're going to be licking their chops I don't know how he fits into that team right away uh you're going to have him and Jalen Brunson Two left-handed small guards, not small, two left-handed guards. Uh, but I, I think that's where you need to go because he's the best player available on the list, in my opinion. Um, I think the Mavericks need someone now. Like, they need more help. Doncic and Porzingis can't win you a playoff game with the way – playoff series with the way the West is constructed. Yeah. So, R.J. Hampton's speed, you know, he'll instantly be one of the fastest guys in the NBA – he has experience playing professional basketball. 
I don't really love the fit, but I am I am confident in saying RJ Hampton is the best player available right now. You figure and, it out later. Yeah, <laughs> you just get the get the best players, try to figure it out. Hampton, you know, nineteen years old, six five, fast as lightning. I th- I think he's a good mix. I think he's a good fit there. Well, not a good fit. He's a good fit beside Doncic. You'll figure out the Brunson Hampton Doncic situation later. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think he's someone that can come off the bench and give you some scoring, give you some speed off the bench. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, who do you All got right. for the nineteenth pick? Nineteenth pick, which is going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. I think that's a kind of a tough team to figure out. I think you know, obviously, Shh. last year was not a finished this this year technically, mm-hmm. um, not really a finished product. But I mean, you got Dinwiddie who broke out, Kyrie Irving, um, Karis LeVert had a fantastic year. Um, KD is going to be coming in. Um, guys like Torian Prince, Karutz, or however you pronounce his name, and then obviously Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. I think a team like the um, like the Nets can stand to pick a player that's going to be really raw and a player that's going to take a little bit. So I'm going to go with Patrick Williams from Florida State. Ooh. Um, he's one that not many people, I, th- I don't think many people were expecting him to go pro, but because he didn't do much, you know, he only averaged around nine points, four rebounds a game at Florida State. But he's a super talented player. He's about basically ideally in an ideal situation. He can be a 6'8 small forward or shooting guard in the way that he can be a 3 and D guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be – he's still going to be 18 when he's drafted. But I think he's a player for the Nets that you can stash in the G League for a couple years. Um, yeah, your stats here average nine points, four rebounds, about 46% from the field, about 32% from three. So that can obviously improve about 84% from the line. So I think he – I've watched a little bit of him. He has definitely some skill. But I think that's a player for the Nets that you can stand to kind of draft and stash in your G League. Yeah, I like that. I think that's important, um, especially with the way your roster is constructed right now, to have a plan after, obviously, this inevitably all goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important to have that. I think I think that's what they will have there. Um, I like that pick. And now let me throw that in there. Do, do, do. I think he was—he was one of the ones that was listed. So, what what position did they have him under? They have him as a, I believe, a shooting guard. Let me see. Yes, his guard. He's not on my list. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I scrolled right over him. Yeah, Florida State. Oh my gosh, this website. All right, I have. Um. Bucks. Oh, I forgot to put mine in. That's why. Oh my gosh. Gosh darn it. All right, so let me. Got... Do, 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 do. Yeah, sixteen through nineteen is uh, Bay. I'm not even gonna pronounce the dude's name. The guy you had. <laughs> um, R.J. Hampton and then Patrick Williams. Yeah. Oh, that's what I have. Whoa. I forgot someone. I forgot someone along the way. Yeah, we should be on twenty. Did you put uh, Bay in there? Yeah, I, no, I didn't put Bay. I'd set yeah, up I put, Bay. I put uh, just another Bay that I saw, Jamal Bay from Washington. But well, I'm just going to put some as random as player as in at 19, and I'll yeah. use yours. We'll use yours. But all right, at 20, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. This is uh, another tough one. I'm going to go a little bit – this – <laughs> Very tough one. Oh, I yeah, I'm just gonna do it. I think kill him now, 
don't go for the future. You're so good. You obviously have a chance to win the NBA championship. Give me Jordan Nora of Louisville. Uh, okay. A long three-point shooter. That's just a long three-point shooter. Um, I think Budenholzer and being around a player like Giannis, uh, who is the best player in the league, arguably, you know, it's definitely up there for debate. Um, mm-hmm. Playing defense at the level he will. Any player that comes in there is going to see that and instantly think, well, shit, I need to defend. (laughs) If you look at Jordan Norris, 6'7", 225 pounds, if he comes in there, shoots as well as he can, shot 40% from three last year, 37 the year before, and 43 the year before that, so he is a very good three-point shooter. Go in, play defense at the level that these guys are. I think that's a recipe for success for the – Bucks, you know, I I didn't really think that that's the way I would go, but I'm just thinking, you're there, you're not gonna stay. You're the Milwaukee Bucks. You're a small market. Just absolutely try to just put the foot on the neck while you're there. Might as well. I think I think he's a guy that could definitely like maybe similar to DiVincenzo, where one year kind of on and off, and then the next year he's ready. I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that. He played at a top tier school or played at a really high level. I think after a year or two, he could he could be ready to kind of play that because uh, Connaughton is kind of one of their backup wings right now. I think he's mm-hmm. he's good. He's serviceable. He's athletic. Um, I think after a year, you could throw you could throw War in that spot and kind of. I don't think that's asking too much from him. Yeah, I think minutes a game. I think War is a much better player than Pat Connaughton, and I know Connaughton's a fan favorite. And, you know, you yeah. have those players. It's like Matthew Delvadova with the Cavs, but let's be yeah. honest, he's not good. Mm-hmm. Connaughton is better. <laughs> Connaughton is a capable player. He's a good player, but you can upgrade. Yeah. You want to upgrade if you're a championship contender. For sure. All right, with the 21st pick, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, the 76ers. I think for the 76ers, your number one priority will be shooting, shooting, shooting. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with one of arguably the best shooters in the draft, and that's Aaron Neesmith, if I pronounced it correctly. I don't know. Yep. Um, Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt was on an absolute tear for Vanderbilt. I think averaging around 23 points a game before. I think, I'm not sure if he tore his ACL or tore his meniscus, but he had a knee injury. Sidelined him for the rest of the year. He declared for the draft a few weeks ago. Um, he's a long – let me see if I can get his exact length here. Um, he's a tall player. He's a he's a six six two thirteen. Uh, I want to say his wingspan's about six seven six eight. And I think he projects as a fantastic shooter at the next level. Um, I think he definitely could be a player that shoots over forty percent from the line because he was shooting over fourteen games at Vanderbilt, fifty two percent from three on eight attempts a game, Oof. which is ridiculous. That's video game numbers in my opinion. <laughs> so I think. Um, I think he's definitely a guy that projects as a fantastic three-point shooter, and that's what Philly needs badly. Yeah, I like that. That's exactly what they need, and that's a great player to come in. The efficiency he shoots his threes at is um, it's not it, – there's no one like else like that in this draft. Yeah. Um. All right, so at 22, I have the – one Smith. were you able to find uh, Naismith on here? Yeah, I had him under guard. Oh, wait, I didn't. let me see. No, I had him at. They have him at. They have him as a small forward. Do 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 do. <laughs> All so right. Yes, they get the twenty-second pickup right now. Yep, with the Denver Nuggets, and this is hard because they're a complete roster. Um, I, I, so I think I'm just gonna, you know, 
take it's tough part of me wants to take the best player available part of me also wants to take a player i think can i don't know how to describe this part of me wants to do something so off the wall that it would be <laughs> oh man i don't know i'll walk you through my i'll walk you through my thought process right now and we'll see if you can guess the players part of me wants to take a he's a big man um primarily a back to the basket scorer. Carry. Alright. Primarily a back to the basket scorer who can also shoot the three at a very high clip. Okay. Um that's very high usage rate also in the at this big ten school. Part of me uh, okay. wants to take a shooter who I think is getting no love, who I really like. He is a shooting guard. And then part of me wants to take another Big Ten center who I watch and I'm just not in love with him, but then he shows flashes of athleticism, but he's just a lazy player in my opinion. Do you, did, I, know those I, are, I think I know two of the – I think I know the Big Ten guys you're talking about. Are you talking about Jalen Smith and Daniel Oturu? I'm talking about Daniel Oturu. But the other one is Luka, Luka Garza, which makes no sense. Oh, you have okay. Nikola Jokic. But here's my here's my thinking. The Denver Nuggets have the slowest pace in the NBA. Mm-hmm. If you could have Luka Garza and Nikola Jokic on the floor at the same time, those are just two huge bodies. They both he will be, yeah. weigh a ton. Slow pace. And they can play on the floor at the same time because both of them are very good outside shooters. So, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking it. It fits their. It fits the way they play. <laughs> Give me the See. slowest pace in the NBA. I'm gonna. They're gonna make me look up Luca Garza. Yeah, they are. Um, because he he's gonna be one of the slower players in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, sure. he absolutely is. But at the same um, token, you know that's just the way that they're gonna win. The other way I was gonna go. One sec, Luca Garza. Yes, he's on here. Yep. See, personally, I do like Otura. I understand what you're saying about like how he can seem lazy. I think I I'm a big fan of his. I think and um, I think he's a player that's just now trying to kind of late bloomer. It's kind of just now figuring out what he can be. That's fair. I I respect that, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna give away the um. I'm not gonna give away the shooter I was talking about because mm-hmm. I am. Ooh, excuse me. I am. I think he's getting absolutely no love, and I really like him, and I'm going to pick him on a team eventually. So I'll save that. But um, again, if you're listening and you're thinking I'm crazy for taking Luca Garza, I agree with you. I'm a pretty crazy person. <laughs> but I just think the idea of having Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, and Larry and Luca Garza on the floor at the same time is super interesting to me. And I would just, mm-hmm. I, I, you play the Rockets. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to keep up with you. Uh, obviously no. the Rockets are going to be quick, but that's why you have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, uh, Will Barton to come in. So I really like the idea, but yeah. anyway, with 23rd pick, you have the Miami heat who had a very surprisingly good season, in my opinion. They had a fantastic year. Um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to get the heat. Um, my cousin Chandler is a big heat fan, so he'll appreciate this. But Ooh, let's see if he respects have... your pick. <laughs> oh, I think he will. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I think they're a team that 
obviously there's not a lot of holes there. Um, Bam Adebayo, I, I ate a lot of worms about him because I used to not be a big fan of him. My <laughs> cousin would tell me about how good he was going to be, and I was like, yeah, he can be good, but I didn't think he was going to be as ridiculously good as he became. But um, I think Duncan Robinson's a fantastic shooter. If oh, yeah. Butler, Tyler Hero's fantastic. Kendrick Nunn is a good point guard. I think if they can retain Dragic, they can. I really hope they can keep him. I think he's really happy there. Um, I think they could keep him, though. But I'm going to go with a big that I think can play day one with them because their centers right now are Linick and Leonard, not necessarily back-to-the-basket guys, not necessarily guys that are going to get a ton of boards. Um, I'm going to go with Isaiah Stewart from um, Washington here. Love it. Love Stewart's Isaiah kind Stewart. of – he'd be kind of an undersized center because he's only 6'9", but get this, 6'9", 250. Isaiah Stewart has a seven foot four wingspan. Oh, my gosh. And I think I think he's I, my big thing with him was if he can get out and stretch it. I think at Washington he didn't shoot a high clip. I believe he only shot like twenty eight percent from three, but he has a very smooth jumper. And I think he's a player that can definitely him and Bam, if either of them can uh, develop a jump shot, I think they could turn into one of the best defensive um, front courts in the league. I'm a big Isaiah Stewart guy. I so just go tweeted today the that Isaiah Stewart reminds me of a Zach Randolph type player down low. Yeah. He has no – I when I watch him jump to do anything, I'm like – I'm wanting to jump for him because he's not getting up. Like he just doesn't leave the floor mm-hmm. when he's sealing someone. But the way that, you know, this Miami Heat team, you're not going to win if you're playing like the Nuggets in a half-court type offense. Like you want to get out yeah. and push a lot of the time. So having – Bam Adebayo and Isaiah Stewart running the floors or bigs. Uh, just that's a that's an absolutely great pick. I thought you were gonna go Vernon Carey Jr. and I wasn't gonna love that pick. That's yeah. why I got so excited when you said Isaiah Stewart because I I might eat my words. He might have some crazy vertical um, if he if there's a combine of some sort. But like when I watch him play, you know he's not jumping out of the gym ever, especially I th- I when think- he's. I think he uses that wingspan. I don't yeah. think he really feels like he needs to. No, but I think. Go ahead. Sorry. I sorry. I think he's. I think he's definitely kind of an underrated athlete in a way because I watched a lot of him in high school, which obviously it's not a huge barometer, but I, he <laughs> definitely showed a lot of bounce in high school. Washington was a tough situation. He still managed to put up pretty good numbers. So I would think I, I'm surprised. I really am looking forward to seeing how he tests. And I would love to see how he like shoots and workouts to hear about that. Because I think those are two big things that can kind of make or break Isaiah Stewart as a player. I think he's going to be in the league for a while regardless. It's just a matter of to what degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think if he can get that stretch three, uh, it's, that, that's going to be very good for them. I, mm-hmm. I like that pick. And now I have, with the 25th pick, 24th pick, 24th, good counting, yeah. 24th pick, I have the Utah Jazz. This one's tough. This one's really tough. Um, I, I, again, you just got to get a player who can play, and I know that sounds stupid, but you got to get someone that can come in right away and perform for you. And you know, I just I'm str- I'm torn right here. I don't, I just don't really know where to go. So I'm gonna take a player that I don't think the Jazz necessarily have. Actually, it's between two players. They're both Gonzaga players. That pretty much gives okay. it away. Yeah. Um, so it's between Philip Petrozev and Killian Hayes. Two absolutely backwards, like two opposite players. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Petrosev is just going to give you scoring. He is not a good or very willing passer. I mean, he, he might develop. He might develop, but he is a very good scorer, especially around the rim. And that's why I I, I feel like Killian Hayes has a very Joe Ingles type game. Uh, very smart. Very um, is very a, a very mental game with those two players. They're not going to be. He's not going to blow you away. Yeah, I think Killian Hayes makes. <laughs> the right play he's the he's a coach on the court but i don't think they need that i think they need just another guy that can go get buckets <sighs> i don't think they need to get any shooters okay i mean i would want to go with a shooter here but you know conley clarkson ingles niang bogdanovich um, they, these guys can all shoot to some mm-hmm. degree so i'm gonna go with I don't like this. I don't like that I'm doing this, but I'm going to go with Philip Petrosev there. I think it's, <laughs> you know, in the right situation, especially in the second unit. I think he can go in there and score. Um, I just, I didn't think, I think they need athletic, I think they need aggressiveness and athleticism scoring the ball. You know, Ingles and Bogdanovich are not that. Um, so that, I, I don't know. I don't love that pick. I think the Jazz are a really hard team to pick for at 25. Yeah. They don't have a lot of holes. Which no, is and I wouldn't be surprised if they trade this for future picks. That's what I would yeah, do I if I were the Jazz. You don't need anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you. I would say you maybe need one superstar wing, but you're not going to get that this late in the draft most likely. Yeah. But, yeah, Petrozev to the Jazz. I don't love it, but I like the way – I like the idea of an aggressive scorer – Added mm-hmm. to this team. Ah, that was a hard one. <laughs> All right. So next up, we're going to have the 25th pick, which is going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is a team that, at least me personally, surprised me greatly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're a team that, I mean, you didn't, they, they don't have a ton of they have They have holes, obviously. But they also have a lot of good pieces to work with. Um, just looking at their starting lineup, just uh, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, fantastic player. Um, Terrence Ferguson, Gallinari, and Steven Adams. Definitely one of those names pops out as one that maybe doesn't belong compared to the other ones. Um, I think they're desperately, obviously not a player to start day one, but desperately in need of a wing, a wing that can play, um, obviously can bring it defensively. Ferguson's not a, not a bad defender, but I definitely do think they need a wing. So here I'm going to go with another Florida State player, if I can find him on here. It's oh, gonna he, be. I think he was on there. Was he on here? I thought I saw him, but I could be absolutely wrong. I'll just search it. Let's see. I might have had to look him up. Um. Yep, while... There he is. Okay, you found him. All right, go ahead. Yep, it's gonna be Devin Vassell from Florida State. Um, I think he's a he's six seven. He's a. I think he's obviously projects as a great three and D player. He's a little frail, six seven, one ninety four. But um, those like Florida State's kind of the same way with you feel about Villanova for me, where I think they're all really well coached players, uh-huh. and they're players that know that um, they understand playing a role for the greater good because obviously they run so deep, they run deep lineups. So that you can always take their stats with a grain of salt for Florida State players because they're players that um, they play small minutes. Like Vassell didn't average; he under averaged under 30 minutes a game and still managed 13 points a game, five rebounds, and shot about 42% from three on like four threes per game. So it's That's a pretty good bad. clip. But I think a player, um, like maybe what they thought Ferguson was going to be, Ferguson hasn't shown himself to be a consistent uh, shooter. So I think maybe they could try again with Devin Vassell. 
I like that. I like that pick a lot. I almost went with uh, Vassell for the Nuggets, I believe, mm-hmm. as a wing player, but I decided to be a psychopath and go with Luca Garza. <laughs> um, so real quick, I forgot to describe this early on, and I wanted to for a little bit of reference. It's this stat called um, PRPG, uh, points over replacement per adjusted game. Now, I'm going to explain this to you in the most simple way possible for those of you still listening. It's I'll read the formula first, and I'll explain it. It's offensive rating minus 88, and uh, you multiply that by the possession percentage of the player, and you multiply that by the minute percentage, and then you multiply that by 65. The 88 is that's the you know offensive rating of a replacement player. So you're taking the player's offensive rating and you're subtracting it by the, you know, replacement player, he'd the bench player he'd be subtracted like replaced by. And the 65 is the possessions in a game. So basically, this stat is figuring out how many points per game a player creates than a fake replacement player would. So like how much better does this player do than this made up replacement player would and the leader in freshman prpg are isaiah stewart who we just picked for the heat and yeka Kongwa, vernon carey jr who hasn't been picked yet uh you go down a little bit guys like anthony edwards is seventh cole anthony 11 and so on and so forth um but i say that because this is Something that you can obviously take with a grain of salt. It, um, it there's little there is some correlation with the top players and then turning into top prospects. But there are guys you know who like Victor Oladipo is 60th in the country, which the difference between the first and the 60th person is like one point. So it's not like major. Um, but with that being said, I. For the, doo doo doo, where the hell are we at? There we go. For the twenty-sixth pick, uh, the Boston Celtics. I'm going to take. Uh, <laughs> I'm torn. You know, I, yeah, I'm just gonna do it. I'm taking Vernon Carey Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just this. The Celtics don't need much. Um. You know, I would not be surprised if they went with someone maybe like, you know, I don't know. There's not much to go with. They don't need really anything. I would be trading picks if I were them. But Vernon Carey Jr. for them, it gives them a presence down low on the offensive end that I just don't think Tice gives you. Uh, he, he He's a fine player. Daniel Tice is. He does a lot of things well. But I just don't think you want him starting for you against, uh, you know, like a Joel Embiid. Um, give me one sec. I'm trying to. Why can't I find him? I don't think he's on here. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> anyway, so I think uh, Vernon Carey Jr. His best attributes are his um, being so quick and explosive for his size. I have an evaluation done. You can find that on Twitter. Um, he is a very large human being. 
and he moves extremely well for his size. So I like Vernon Carey Jr. I don't love him on the Celtics, but I don't really know where else the Celt they have him as a forward. Okay. I don't really love anyone else to the Celtics right there. They already took a project and Alexej Pukovic, Pukes, Puk I'm not trying to pronounce it without reading it. <laughs> we'll call him AP. Um, so Vernon Carey Jr. There, just like the, um, just like Petrozev, I don't love this pick, but it's just like it's starting to be like, where do you go? Uh, I don't know whether they're in the mindset of taking a multiple projects or trying to build to win right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking Vernon Carey. Okay. I like that. I do like that. I think that's a player that can play sooner rather than later, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, we got the the Knicks again the at Knicks. 27. Did not know they had another pick, but I'll Me go neither. with it. Is that right? So, it looks like it says it's via the Clippers. Uh, oh. It would have been the Marcus Morris trade. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that, the that one that happened in the deadline. I, like, yeah. I don't have another pick. All right. All right, so we have the 27th pick, the New York Knicks. Um, to me personally, obviously, we have Cole Anthony in here. Um, I think that there's a glaring need there for the Knicks for shooting, and I think kind of at the two-guard spot, uh, whether because right now it kind of has like Rodney Bullock, Damian Dotson, Frank Nielakina plays there sometimes, who's been a gigantic bust. Hmm. Um, Wayne Ellington, I like Trier. Not a big fan of Trier, though. I think he's pretty bad defensively, and I don't think he really brings much. So I think for here, they have him listed as a point guard, but I don't really see it as that. I'm going to go with Jemias Ramsey from Texas Tech mm. for the Knicks here. Um, I think he projects – I think he um, – obviously I don't think he'll be the, the like as good as this player, but I think he compares favorably really to Donovan Mitchell in the way that he's extremely athletic. Um, he's maybe a little bit shorter, but he has extremely long arms. He's about 6'4", but he has about a 6'7", 6'8", wingspan. And he's fantastic on ball defensively. And I think he has you know, a shot about 42% at Texas Tech on a pretty high clip. I think he has to work on maybe um, rebounding and just maybe becoming a better passer. But I think he projects as a really good two guard in the league. I like that. I like that pick a lot. And pairing yeah. him up with Cole Anthony in that, um, you know, that draft class, just try to get your guard. You know, like you said, there's no point and you yeah. can't let what one pick does, you know, translate what you do for the rest of the picks. You got to get the best players yeah. you can. I like that pick. Um, at 28 for the Raptors, you know, I it's kind of like what I did with the Nuggets here. I'm going to go with someone. Eh, I part, part of me just wants to go with a, a pure shooter. But another part of me wants to just kill them with length. You got Ibaka, you've got Siakam. Hmm. Whoever it is gonna end up being good, knowing the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna so I, I think with the way that they have developed players there, uh I, I think this player has a lot of uh potential, especially if he can be developed, because right now he's pretty raw. Uh, where is he? Come on. Come on. Oh, there we go. Nope. Okay. I can't find him, so I'm just going to put in a random player. This is Paul Reed. There we go. Paul Reed of oh, DePaul. I like, I like Reed. He is extremely long. There were flashes where he completely disappeared from games. Uh, I didn't love that. But 
his ability to score, you know, he scored scored pretty often. I this is more of a developmental pick. He's got all the attributes. He's got the physical, um, the demeanor. He's got everything you could want. It's just, it's just something was. I guess it was that it factor was missing for me because some people have much higher than I do. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, especially in the East, you're gonna have to take on Giannis. Get longer, get bigger. This is a this is a good start. Yeah, I like that. I like Parry. He was kind of a do-it-all guy, and I think he definitely is versatile. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a Swiss Army knife where he can bring a lot to the table. I agree. 29. You're picking a player right now that's going to help win a championship or not. This is a lot you of know? pressure. So I'm going to try it if I, can fi- if I can load and if I can find it. I think it's a player that will definitely, honestly, it's kind of hard to find it this late in the draft, especially with a team like this. Um, I think he's a guy that can play sooner rather than later for the Lakers because I think he kind of can fill something from day one that the Lakers, I think, desperately need. And See I a point guard? Let's, okay, of course, now Sadiq Bey shows up. <laughs> is this player but I'm gonna you're go looking with Tyler, at? Tyler Bay from Colorado. Okay. Um, I think he's, I think he's like Okoro, where he can honestly battle him as one, becoming one of the best wing defenders from this draft. Um, Bay was the key cog for um, Colorado for when they were making the little run to be ranked. Um, he's a fantastic defender. My gosh, just watching him, I'll have to show you something from him. But um. He just affects the affects it in so many ways. To me, he was kind of very similar to Matisse Thibault last year for Washington, where he just, even if he wasn't on-ball defending, can just affect the defense in many ways. Um, averaged block and a half a game, steal and a half a game. Um, obviously, it's hard to find defensive stats, but he averaged about 14 points, about 10 rebounds a game. And the big thing with him uh, coming into this year was shooting, in which he actually ended up, didn't shoot, shot about one or two threes a game, ended up shooting about 42%. So I don't think that's something that obviously you're going to need from him. But I think he's someone that could be a fantastic wing defender for the for the Lakers from day one. He's long. He's six seven. So I like that. I like that pick a lot. I almost went with him for the Celtics um, and then also for the Raptors. but I think he's great for a contending team. Yeah, I agree. I uh I have the Celtics again at 30, and this one is going to be another player that I try to win now. So, I'll wa- okay, so for the Lakers, someone I really want the Lakers to pick up for some reason is Peyton Pritchard. The more I watch him, I think mm-hmm. I think he's just a very smart player, and um, you know, having him lead that second team instead of Rondo would do them wonders, but uh. And then the other person, I do love your pick. I love that pick. The other person I thought about taking myself would have been Sam Merrill. Uh, okay. Merrill out of Utah State. That's who I thought about taking for the Raptors, a pure shooter. Can he's score. a right-now guy. Yeah, and he's he's old. He's a senior. Um, obviously, playing in the Midwest Conference and eh, eh, playing at Utah State. But I think he can come in and play for someone who could likely get picked in the second round. But for the 30th pick in the NBA draft, I'm going with a flyer. Another, I said win now. I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say prospect, like AP for the Celtics. Mm -hmm. And that man is Jay Scrub, the top (laughs) Juco prospect. I don't really know why he's declaring for the draft. I will honestly assume that he goes to Louisville for a year. Um, 
you know, he's testing the waters of the NBA draft. Uh-huh. He had offers from, uh, let's see, Winth- with Winthrop, Sanford, Youngstown State, a lot of low major D1 schools. Uh, so you might be wondering, like, why is this guy even in draft contention if he obviously was a JUCO um, player? He had academic issues of school because uh, he can play. I've watched videos of him playing pickup ball with the Louisville team. He looks like the best player on the court by a pretty long shot. Mm-hmm. But obviously the question is, you know, he, he's playing Juco. Now there are players that, you know, have been able to do this before or come right up out of high school. I think Scrub is – probably not ready to play just yet he needs to be instilled into a culture like a winning culture defensive-minded culture because he does not play defense for a a lick uh juco is all about getting yours and getting your stats right but i like this pick i think the celtics have done a great job of developing players tatum um brown all the i think they hopefully you know, we'll send him to the G League, let him play, and then ultimately mm-hmm. we'll probably maybe be used in a trade because they've got Romeo Langford, um, Grant Williams, all these shooting guards to power forwards, kind of positionless, that, you know, are just not even playing when they're good enough to be playing. So it's it's really tough to pick for the Celtics because I don't want to go pick someone to be wasted there, but I don't think Jay Scrubs <laughs> ready to play, so perfect place for him to go is somewhere where they have 18 NBA ta- talented NBA players on their roster. Yeah. Um, so I like Jay scrub there. He can shoot. His biggest thing is just creating and getting to the rim, being able to score. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I actually know a good amount about it. Cause I've actually seen him play live before while he was in Juco. Really? Yeah. I went to um, Vincennes university, which is a school in Southern Indiana. And they're, they're one of the, like they won the Juco championship two years ago. And um, I think it was his freshman year. I went and watched a Vincennes game because I was in town, and he was playing. And he like I hadn't looked up their roster or anything, and he was by far the best player on the court. It was not even close. Um, stupid long, stupid smooth. He had this ridiculous one-handed oop, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" And at the time, he had just had all he'd offers from like Kansas State and Xavier already. Wow. And um, I figured since he hadn't went pro after one year that it was probably because of grades. Because in JUCO, if you have to go two years and like have the qualifying grades. But um, I'm surprised that he is. I it sounds like from all I've seen, I like follow him on Instagram. It does not sound like he's going to go to Louisville, which would wow. it would surprise me if he I, stayed. But it does not sound I, like he, I, I he kind of looks think... like he has full intentions of staying in. What's up? I mean, if he wants to go to get his, yeah, he's fine with that. I think the I think the I smart thing to do to be go to Louisville. Oh my yeah. gosh, he's so talented. Yeah, he's so talented. Get go play at a you know a power five school like that. Get noticed, possibly be a mm-hmm. lottery pick. But at the same token, you do this, you yeah. get picked twenty to thirty. You're going to a good team, so that's like it. It's all you know. You don't get the money, but you get mm-hmm. to go to a good team. So, yeah. Get instilled in that culture. I don't know. I I think um, on the I topic think he's a fan, of, like what you said, I think he's a fantastic flyer. Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, you know, you take him at thirty, kind of like a Kevin Porter Jr. You take him, hope he turns into something. If he does, you look great. If not, 
you picked him at 30. It doesn't really matter. You took a flyer. <laughs> um, you talked about seeing him live. Mm-hmm. I watched Lauren Christian Jackson from Akron live. He's a junior. He's 5'8". Um, junior. I thought he was a senior. He might be a richer junior. But if he decides to go to the NBA this year, which I doubt. He, I mean, he's 5'8". He's um, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, I thought he's he was a senior this year. But I don't know if. I don't know what the hell this thing says. It has him listed as a junior, but he was a senior. Um, he was by far the best player. I watched him Bowling Green versus Akron. He's just a player that you know, I wanted to mention him. I not he's probably not going to get picked. Um, you know whether he can get to the G League and make something happen, maybe. But mm-hmm. I'm not just doing this because he's small. He's very like Isaiah Simmons. Very like Isaiah Thomas. He is great shooting the ball outside, and he had the ball in his hand most of the game. And that's kind of how Isaiah Thompson Thomas is, like has the ball in his hand the majority of the game and then gets around the bigger defenders at the rim and somehow puts it up and you don't understand how. Mm-hmm. Just someone for everyone to keep their eye on if he gets to a G League team. I think he's really talented. But I'll have to look into him. I hadn't heard of him before. He is so small. I mean, so <laughs> small. Like you hear 5'8", and you're like, oh, okay. I walked by him and I was like, holy shit, you're small. Like, you're, you're my girlfriend's height. This is weird. And you just had 40 points. Uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a good mock draft, I think. The website kind of mm-hmm. sucked, but <laughs> <laughs> we made the most of it. We got it done. I thought we had some picks definitely against the grain, which is good. I'm tired of seeing the same thing every single time. Um, but yeah, you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, yeah, I thought we did a pretty good job, honestly. I thought there's a lot of there's a lot of good fits. I thought we really did a good job of looking at fits. Yeah, I think that's important, not just best player, because you can go to a mock draft on Bleacher Report and they'll have the thirty best players in some order, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to do. But uh, I definitely agree. All right, they, Jake, thanks for joining again, and uh, I'm sure hopefully we'll have you on again soon, doing some more NBA talk, and I. It, uh, if you're still out there listening, thank you so much. Download, subscribe, and leave a rating, good or bad. And, uh, yeah, everyone stay safe out there. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the board sports. Unique sports coverage.